Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome to Crispy Talks. I'm your host, Sophia. Thank you so much for being here. I just spent 15 minutes recording this episode and realized I did not turn my mic on. So, take two. Here we go. Now I'm trying to remember what I said. But this episode is going to be a very fun one. I'm doing my top 10 favorite books. That includes series of all time. I'm so excited. I love, love to read. My favorite genre is fantasy. And I do like sci-fi, but I love fantasy more. So my favorite for this week is probably Taylor Swift's Red album. The re-released one, Taylor's version. So good. I've been listening to that uh, album nonstop and I love it. Her film, the All Too Well short film, so good. There's so much hype going around her right now. Oops, I just hit the mic, sorry. If that was loud. But my favorite song... Okay, my top favorite three because I can't choose one. I love Treacherous, I Knew You Were Trouble, and Sad, Beautiful, Tragic. I've loved those songs since I was young and the album first came out. Those songs just like, ugh, they get you in the feels. They're so good. She has so many good ones on this album, though. It's hard to choose. But the film is amazing. It's beautiful. And it tells us so much about what she went through. And if you actually listen to the lyrics, it's very sad, too. You know, the film was very touching and raw and emotional at some points. So good. Good for her. She's getting all the hype. And I'm here for it. A lot of people are. There is this podcast on um, Apple. I don't know if they're on Spotify. They probably are. Called 13, a Taylor Swift fan podcast. This podcast is so good because they go really, really into depth about Taylor Swift. And they go... Um, it's like song, song by song, like album by album, and they dive so deep into it. They find verses from several songs talking about, um, like the same story because, you know, she doesn't just write one song about this relationship she had. She includes pieces of that in so many songs and they will find those pieces and tell you and it makes so much more sense when you listen to her music she's such a good songwriter too I'm not like I feel like I'm talking like a huge Taylor Swift fan I'm not huge but I do really like her and this podcast is very good it's very insightful and you learn a lot so if you are a Taylor Swift fan definitely check that podcast out it's 13 a Taylor Swift fan podcast very, very good. Okay, though. <clears throat> Let us get into my favorite books of all time. Okay. So, starting at number one. My favorite, favorite series. Fantasy series. It's a YA fantasy ever, and it will always be. It has since... It's been since I was young, called The Inheritance Cycle by Christopher Paolini. 
People know them as Aragon, like the Aragon series. That is the first book title. Um, the cover is like a blue dragon with the gold font saying Aragon. So you've seen it. It's an older series, uh, kind of popular, but underrated in my opinion. There's four books in the series. So it's Aragon, Eldest, Brissinger, and Inheritance. And it's kind of like a, um, yeah, a very young YA. So not like middle grade, but you know, it's like that good starting point into fantasy. If you're not a big fantasy reader, I would start with this series because it's so good. And ever since I've read it, because it's about dragons, it's hard for me to like, like dragons in other series. It's totally changed my perspective. They can't talk. They don't have emotion. They can't, you know, do some magic or anything. It's like, no, I don't want it because these dragons are it. I love these dragons. This series is so dear to my heart. I read it. Yeah, I think I was 13. I don't remember, but I've read this series four times and he recently came out with a novella. It's um, in the same world, goes back in time, and then goes a little bit forward after the events of Inheritance, which was really cool. I've heard that he may do a fifth book. He did a live stream on YouTube, but I'm, I wasn't able to listen to the whole thing, so I'm not sure if he's, if he confirmed that he's doing a fifth book. (laughs) I would love it. The whole fandom wants a fifth book so bad, and I would, I would, um, die. I would cry, I would die. It's just this series is so good. And I understand when you read it, he was Christopher was 15 when he wrote it and Aragon's 15. So it's kind of like he's growing up with him and developing also with Aragon because you can tell that it was written by a um, you know, a younger writer because he was only 15 when he wrote it. But I have the summary here in case y'all don't know what it's about. So, one boy, one dragon, a world of adventure. When Aragon finds a polished blue stone in the forest, he thinks it is the lucky discovery of a poor farm boy. Perhaps it will buy his family meat for the winter. But when the stone brings a dragon hatchling, Aragon soon realizes he has stumbled upon a legacy nearly as old as the empire itself. Overnight, his simple life is shattered and he's thrust into a perilous perilous oh my gosh new world of destiny magic and power with only an ancient sword and the advice of an old storyteller for guidance aragon and the fledgling fledgling dragon must navigate the dangerous terrain and dark enemies of an empire ruled by a king whose evil knows no bounds can aragon take up the mantle of the legendary dragon riders the fate of the empire may rest in his hands it is just so good it gives me like chills reading it and I'm currently reading Inheritance right now the last book my fourth time and the nostalgia you you will like the series I mean maybe it's not like gonna be your favorite but it's just very nostalgic to me I think that's why I love it so much first fantasy series or second fantasy series I ever read when I first started getting getting into reading and so it's just very sentimental to me and I think that's why I like it so much, but it's very good. Christopher Pelling also came out with a sci-fi book called To Sleep in a Sea of Stars, which I read and I liked, but I like his fantasy books 
even better. So go read it. I really hope I convinced you enough. It needs more hype and it needs to get readapted by something. The film that was made for it a long, long time ago sucked. It was so bad and I I only watched parts of it. I was young when it came out, but those parts of it were terrible. Nothing like the story. Nothing, nothing. So hopefully like Disney or Netflix can adapt it and um, redo it and make it a TV show. You know, like um, Shadow and Bone. Great. Just do that to Aragon because it needs it. Okay, second favorite book of all time is a standalone it's a YA coming of age book. If you don't know what YA means, that's young adult. So, the title is The Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen, Stephen Chbosky. Chbosky? Chbosky. I'm sorry. I mispronounced that really bad. But, um, I think I've read this book three times, maybe four. I don't remember. One of the first, like, coming of age stories that I uh, did read. So, love this book. The summary, I have it here. Let's see. Okay, standing on the fringe, fridge, oh my word, what is with me? And I, like, love reading and I cannot even talk. Standing on the fringes of life offers a unique perspective, but there comes a time to see what it looks like from the dance floor. This haunting novel about the dilemma of passivity versus passion marks a stunning debut of a provocative new voice in contemporary fiction the perks of being a wallflower the perks of being a wallflower this is the story of what it's like to grow up in high school more intimate than a diary charlie's letters are singular and unique hilarious and devastating we may not know where he lives we may not know to whom he's writing all we know is the world he shares caught between trying to live his life and trying to run from it puts him on a strange course through uncharted territory the world of first dates and mixed tapes Family dramas and new friends, the uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and when all one requires is that perfect song on that perfect drive to feel infinite. Through Charlie, okay, yeah, that's the end. This book is very touching, and uh, I feel like it's very unique. The style of it, the writing, I mean, Charlie's writing letters to somebody, we don't know who it is. And he just talks about his date. He dates them all. And I'm pretty sure he's a uh, freshman in high school. Or I'm pretty sure he's a freshman, not a a, um, sophomore. He makes friends with these seniors. And it's kind of like his life from then on. He's writing these stories to this friend, he calls it. And he renames the character so the friend doesn't know them. Because, you know, then he would know who Charlie is. But excuse me, this book is very, very touching, and Charlie has gone through a lot in his life, and you get to see what exactly happened, and it's just, I think no matter who you are, it touches you, his story, and you sympathize, and you just love Charlie. You love Charlie. He's so sweet. He's so innocent. Okay, the third favorite book of mine 
is a series. It's a sci-fi YA slash new adult. I think it's more new adult of a series, but it's called Red Rising by Pierce Brown. And there's three books. Oh, no, actually, he made more. So I think there's four or five. I've only read three because was, it was originally just a uh, trilogy, which I I don't know if people have mixed feelings about the other ones. But it's a sci-fi new adult book, very similar to The Hunger Games. The first book is, and I the, my favorite book is the first book. I, I really, really like it. So society... We're way, way in the future. We live on different planets. There are spaceships. And humans have changed into um, colors of society. They're, the highest is a gold and the lowest is a red. I have the book right here. So I'll just read the list. It's a lot. So it's like the covers of the rainbow. So gold is the highest. The fiercely intelligent rulers of humanity, so they rule everybody. Silver is next. Innovators, uh, financiers, <laughs> and businessmen. Then white priests and priestesses who oversee the ritual functions of society. Copper administrators, lawyers, and bureaucrats. Then blue are the pilots. Uh, yellow is experts in uh, human and natural science, so doctors, scientists, Green is the programmers and developers of technology. Violet is the creative class of artists, mu musicians, and performers. Orange provides system support upon starships and all manner of uh, mechanical enterprises. Gray is police and mil military. Brown is servants and homes, businessmen, or <laughs> businessmen, businesses. Obsidian is a monstrous race bred only for war. Pink is... Unparalleled in beauty, they are bred and trained for, you know. And then red is unskilled manual laborers conditioned to brutal um, environments. So, they, we've moved on from Earth. We live on Mars. They live, everybody, you know. There's these classes, but reds don't even know that those other classes exist. And your, your whole skin is actually red. Like, your skin's red, your hair is red. Your eye color is red, I'm pretty sure. And it's almost like... And I have a summary, so I'll just read a little bit. Uh, okay, his name is Darrow, our main character, a member of the lowest chaste... Chaste? I don't know. In the color-coded society of the future. Like his fellow Reds, he works all day believing that he and his people are making the surface of Mars livable for future generations. But Darrow and his kind have been betrayed. Soon he discovers that humanity already reached the surface generations ago. Uh, vast cities and sprawling parks spread across the planet. Darrow and Reds like him are nothing more than slaves to a decadent ruling class. Inspired by a longing for justice and driven by the memory of lost love, Darrow sacrifices everything to infiltrate the legendary Institute. So that's kind of like the Hunger Game uh, part of it. A proving ground for the dominant gold chased cased cast where the next generation of humanity's overlords struggle for power he will be forced to compete for his life and the very future of civilization against the best and most brutal of society's ruling class there he will stop at nothing to bring down his enemies even if it means he has to become one of them to do so this book this series is so so good there's a lot of political um things in it and war 
and very in-depth, very, a lot of fighting scenes and descriptive. There is love and hatred, friendship, betrayal, everything you want. If you like the Hunger Games, this is it. This series is very, very good. And that's why it's my third favorite. I love it. I love it so much. Okay, next one is actually another fantasy series. It's adult fantasy this time. It's called The Black Prism by Brent Weeks. There are five books in this series, and I read all of them earlier this year, actually. This series is so good. I was clapping, by the way. It's it just it's a whole other level of fantasy, in my opinion. Okay, the summary. Shoot, how do you pronounce his name? Guile? Wait, Guile? Okay, I have a summary right here. So, Guile, his name is Gavin, actually, is the prism, the most powerful man in the world. He's high priest and emperor, who a man whose power, wit, and charm are that, are all that preserves a tenuous peace, yet prisms never last. And uh, Guile, Gavin knows exactly how long he has left to live. When he discovers that he has a son born in a far kingdom after the war that put him in power, he must decide how much he's willing to pay to protect a secret that could tear his world apart. So the magic system in this series is based on color. And it's really hard to explain. This series kind of confused me at some parts. I'm sure when I'm older, if I reread it, it will understand. I'll understand it better. But it's based off color and if you can bend certain light like the bend um you know the sun and the light to get a certain color you can make certain things there's like super violet I think it's water or like liquids but the prism the emperor he can do all of the colors so he has he's has the ability ability to do everything and there is this war that happened I think 15 or 16 years ago the result of his son so this is a very very good kind of high adult fantasy or maybe not high fantasy i don't know it's it's just really really good really unique you follow a lot of different characters it's like multi-perspective and i love it so go ahead and read it because it's great the next my Wait, one, two, three, four, five. My fifth favorite book is The Orphan's Tale. Surprisingly, it's not a fantasy. It's a historical fiction. I like historical fiction, but it's not my favorite. So, The Orphan's Tale is a World War II historical fiction by Pam Jenoff. Let me read the summary because it's then I can refresh my memory. So, The Orphan's Tale introduces two extraordinary women and their harrowing stories of sacrifice and survival. 16-year-old Noah has been cast out in disgrace after becoming pregnant by a Nazi soldier, soldier 
and being forced to give up her baby. She lives above a small rail station when she, which she cleans in order to earn her keep. When Noah discovers a boxcar containing dozens of Jewish infants bound for a concentration camp. How sad. Infants? Really? She's reminded of the child that was taken from her. And in a moment that will change the course of her life, she snatches one of the babies and flees into the snowy night. Noah finds refuge with a German circus, but she must learn the flying trapeze act so she can blend in undetected, spurning the resentment of the lead aerialist, Astrid. At first rivals, Noah and Astrid soon forge a powerful bond, but as the facade that protects them proves increasingly tenuous, Noah and Astrid must decide whether their friendship is enough to save one another or if the secrets that burn between them will destroy everything. Astrid, I think she's a Jew and I don't know, I think her husband was German and he divorced her or something so she found refuge with the German circus and they both were kind of hiding and not hiding but like you know, they found refuge in the circus, and they get really close, but Noah has this infant now. This story, oh my gosh, I read it once, I don't know, maybe five years ago, four years ago. It's, I don't know when it came out, but it destroyed me. It's really heartbreaking, and the ending I did not expect that. I did not expect it to go in the direction it did. I still remember how I feel, where I was when I was reading it, my reaction. And, um, yeah, I remember bawling for days because it's just such a sad, touching, touching story. It's so good. It's not very long. It's just a standalone. I know she writes a lot of other books. I haven't read anything else from her, but I would love to. I'd like to read more from this author and you know I if she has any more heartbreaking books it's okay because I like I like being broken yeah go read it if you like historical fiction and you want to get your heart crushed okay the next my sixth favorite book is The Night Circus by Erin Morgenstern Morgenstern yes I'm that's how you pronounce her name I'm sure you've heard of it it's another fantasy book um I've read it once I really want to reread it though this winter because it has that feel like that wintry feel but let me read the summary because it's easier to explain so it says the circus arrives without warning no announcements precede it it is simply there when yesterday it was not within the black and white striped canvas tents is an utterly unique experience full of breathtaking amazements it is called Oh, shoot. I don't know how to pronounce this. Le Circu de Rives. I'm sorry. I have no idea. Okay, and it is only open at night, but behind the scenes, a fierce competition is underway. A, oh, yes. Okay, I remember. A duel between two young magicians, Celia and Marco, who have been trained since childhood express, yes, expressly for this purpose by their... Oh, Merc... Oh my god, I totally butchered that. Okay, whatever. They're instructors. Unbeknownst <laughs> okay, to them, this is a game in which only one can be left standing, and the circus is but the stage for a remarkable battle of imagination and will. 
Despite themselves, however, Celia and Margot tumble headfirst into love, a deep, magical love that makes the, makes the lights flicker and the room grow warm whenever they so much as brush hands. True love or not, the game must play out, and the fates of everyone involved, from the cast of extraordinary circus performers to the patrons, hang in the balance, suspended as precariously as the daring acrobats overhead. Written in rich, seductive prose, this spellcasting novel is a feast for the senses and the heart. The most common rating is 4.03. So people love this book. I, Everybody that I've talked to or have seen people talk about it love it because it's, it is truly something else. I don't really remember the details, but I remember <laughs> being destroyed again. Here we go. It's kind of like a cycle. It's so magical and unique it's really really unique and the story and loopholes the experience of the circus is very different because it's all just like fantasy um and i think if you like fantasy Read that book. You will love it. Everybody does. Everybody does. Okay. Next. Look at my list here. Um, it's kind of expected, but the Throne of Glass and Akatar series. I'm just going to put into one category. So my seventh, seventh favorite book series. It's, I'm pretty sure you've heard of it. It's a YA and new, I consider it new adult fantasy I've read both of the series twice. Uh, I'm kind of wanting to read Akatar again. Throne of Glass is just so long, you know. Akatar is only three books. Well, now four, but three. I like three. Um, I, you know, you've probably heard so much about it if you like books. But it's another fantasy. The Throne of Glass series gets a lot of controversy around it because. A lot of people love the first two and then they hate the rest because I can't tell you why there's a big plot twist and it changes direction completely. I mean, you, you can expect it, but it changes the whole direction of the books. So I think that's why a lot of people don't like it and they like the old way. And I don't know. I like both. I do like the old way though, but I like both. Anyways, that series is very good follow Selena, an assassin who has been imprisoned in Endovir, the salt mines. She's been in there for a year. Most people don't even make it to a year because they die. But the king needs a champion to basically do his dirty work for him. And so he's having a competition and there are different champions from around the world from or the continent coming and to compete in this contest to be the king's champion. And if she does his work for him, I think it was four years or three years or five. <laughs> I don't know. She will be set free. And she won't be in the uh, slavery camp, basically, anymore. So, she enters into that. And it's all... It's amazing from then on. It's so good. I don't know which series I prefer. I kind Okay. I feel like... I don't know. They're both so different, but then very similar. Because... Sergey Mass has a very um, 
similar way of writing her books. People know there's, you know, fairies and mates and magic and... Yes, very similar. Akatar is a Court of Thorns and Roses that is a Beauty and the Beast retelling. So, our main character, Feyre, she's 19 years old, and she goes into the forest to hunt for her family because they're very poor. They were very rich at one point, but the father lost all of his fortune. And so, she goes hunting. She kills this wolf out of pure lust, not lust, hatred. And the wolf ends up being a fairy sent over from the fairy lands, the fairy realms. He was just looking around and she killed him and so the um a friend of his comes to retrieve Feyre to pay her debt to come live with him forever because she killed him and that's the price so she goes over to the fairy realms and it's great from there it's this that series is very good too I don't know which one I like better but I mean it's you know it's on my seventh on the list so it's not like my favorite favorite but I do enjoy those books I'm basic and I like them, and I know a lot of people don't, but if you want just like a fun um, fantasy series, go with either of those, or read both of them, because they are great and very fun. Okay, the next on my list, the eighth, is The Giver by... Is it Lewis Laurie? Louis Laurie? Yeah, I'm sorry. I have read the entire quartet. A lot of people don't even know that there are four books in the series. But I, my favorite one is the first one, The Giver. It's a, like, why children's uh, sci-fi dystopian book. I've read The Giver three times and the whole quartet just, like, wants the other three books. The other three are not my favorite. It does make connections, but a lot of the times it's just kind of like the stories are on their own, not really connected with the first book. But I'm pretty sure you've all heard of um, The Giver, and I'll just read the summary in case you haven't. So, let's see. The haunting story centers on 12-year-old Jonas, who lives in a seemingly ideal, if colorless, world of conformity and contentment. Not until he's given his life assignment as a receiver of memory does he begin to understand the dark, complex secrets behind his fragile community. This movie tie-in edition... Fe- oh, wait. Okay, that's just the art. But... Th- this was like the movie uh, one. But yeah, anyways, the premise of the book is that it's like a dystopian. They're in this world. Everything's gray. There's no color. No diversity. And when you're 12 years old, I guess, or a certain age, or certain um, uh, class, not class, yeah, a certain age, you get chosen to have your receipt or your life. What did it say? Life assignment. He gets the receiver of memory. So he gets memories from hundreds of years ago from the giver. And he's like, it's like an apprenticeship almost. You know, he goes and he receives pain for the first time. He sees color for the first time. He hears music for the first time. And it's when you're, if you can imagine never growing up with that 
and then all of a sudden you feel pain or you feel emotion and music and color your brain would explode with information because you've never dealt with that before so it's like off to a rocky start but then it's just it's really cool I really really like the series it's very nostalgic to me also because I read it when I was really young and it's a really really Okay, next on my list, number nine is Heartless by Melissa Mayer. Heartless is a YA fantasy retelling. So, a retelling of Alice in Wonderland, but it's the um, Queen of Red Hearts story. So, it's her story before she became the evil queen that we all come to know. So, I will read the summary. Long before she was the terror of Wonderland, the infamous Queen of Hearts, she was just a girl who wanted to fall in love. Catherine may be one of the most desired girls in Wonderland, and a favorite of the unmarried King of Hearts, but her interest lies elsewhere. A talented baker, all she wants to all she wants is to open a shop with her best friend. But according to her mother, such a goal is unthinkable for the young woman who could be the next queen. Then Kath meets just oh, the wonder, the handsome and mysterious court joker. For the first time, she feels the pool of true, true attraction. At the risk of offending the king and infuriating her parents, she and Jess enter into an intense secret courtship. Kath is determined to defy, to define her own destiny and fall in love on her terms. But in a land thriving with magic, madness, and monsters, fate has other plans. Ugh. It's just so good. And also, this book wrenches your heart out and destroys it and crumbles it up in dust. But before it does that, it's so good. It's so fluffy and enjoyable and easy to read and get into. I read it twice. I reread it early this year or late last year and fell in love with it again because it's just so it's so fun and it's really interesting to see like a different perspective of the queen of hearts you know not like she's just this evil queen but i mean it's like you know you know the result but it's just like you are willing it not to happen and you're wishing for choices not to be made but go read the book because this is very very good book okay the next, my very last, my 10th favorite book slash series is Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. I am sure you've heard of this because her other series, Shadow of Bone, got adapted by Netflix. Um, I have not read Shadow and Bone. Um, I don't know why. I just never had like a interest in reading it. And I'm heard if you do read it you can read those before because some characters are in it like characters from six of crows are in that and watching the show i was able to you know i saw the characters from six of crows but i didn't um read shadow and bone six of crows is a duology in the same universe they like overlap a little bit this summary says ketterdam a bustling hub of international trade where anything can be hand be what was that accent can be had for the right price and no one knows that better than criminal prodigy prodigy oh my gosh 
Kaz Brecker. Kaz is offered a chance at a deadly heist that could make him rich beyond his wildest dreams, but he can't pull it off alone. A convict with a thrift for revenge, a sharpshooter who can't walk away from a wager, a runaway with a privileged past, a spy known as the Wraith, a heart render using her magic to survive the slums, a thief with a gift for unlikely escapes. Kaz, Kaz's crew is the only thing that might stand between the world and destruction if they don't kill each other first. So there's this huge heist, like Ocean's uh, Eleven, very easy to get into, very fun to read, dark and moody, perfect winter read if you are a mood reader. Um, it, yeah, it, it's a fantasy, like, YA, and there's this huge heist. He gathers up this crew. They don't really get along at first, and they try to pull it off, and it's nice that it's a duology, so it's not like you're committing to this huge series. Her other series is only three books, um, but, yeah, it's just, it's a very fun and good series to read. I need to reread it. I've only read it once. So, I don't know why I haven't reread it. I just have a lot of books to reread. <laughs> okay. I have some honorable mentions. So, we don't um, leave these out because I really do want to talk about them. But they're not, like, my favorite favorite. So, the first is The Lunar Chronicles by Melissa Mayer. Same author as Heartless. The Lunar Chronicles is a, like, um sci-fi and retelling like fairy tale retelling of different characters so the first one's cinder cinderella um i think the second is scarlet cress and winter so cinderella um rapunzel red riding hood and snow white and it's kind of like a sci-fi fairy uh yeah fairy tale retelling very fun also very good to get into i haven't read it in a long time so i don't really remember the details but it all connects the characters all connect and it's actually i feel like it's an underrated um series you know there's like the evil queen like in snow white the evil queen but it's um it's very good so that's an honorable mention the other one is scythe by neil schusterman this is a, I'm pretty sure you've heard of it, if you like reading, because it's kind of big. It's a, like, um, dystopian sci-fi series, and the first book is Scythe. The second is Thunderhead, and the third one is, I don't remember, I don't remember, but there's only three books. The reason it's not my favorite is because the third book was a letdown. Really, really big letdown. The end of the second book was also a letdown too. And I kind of didn't want things to change. If you've read the series, you know what I'm talking about. I didn't want the direction that it took to take place. I wish it kind of just stayed the way it was and not take that huge drastic change. But... It's a really good series. The first book's my favorite, and then probably like half of the second book I really love. But it kind of went downhill for me. It's okay. I didn't care too much about the third one. I didn't really enjoy reading it. I think I gave it like three stars or something, or 2.5 on Goodreads. But 
it's just it's okay you know but it's it's a good series I like that's no my dog's barking that's not very helpful it's like oh it's okay but it's really good okay oops the um next honorable mention is the winner's curse by marie rutkowski i'm sorry i think that's how you say her name the winner's curse is a ya fantasy and let me see if i can find us a brief summary on it Okay, so here, I'll just read it. So, as a general's daughter in a vast empire that revels in war and enslaves those it conquers, 17-year-old Kestrel has two choices. She can join the military or get married, but Kestrel has other intentions. One day, she is startled to find a kindred spirit in a young slave up for auction. Aaron's eyes seem to defy everything and everyone. Following her instinct, Kestrel buys him with unexpected consequences. It's not long before she has to hide her growing love for Aaron. But he too is a secret, and Kestrel quickly learns that the price she paid for a fellow human is much higher than she could have ever imagined. So, Deadly Games, Heart, Love, Betrayal, War, uh, Secrets... It has everything, pretty much. It's very easy to read also. There's three books. The first is Winner's Curse, Winner's Crime, and Winner's Kiss. Um, let me see when they were written. Because I think they're kind of uh, older. Okay, no. I can't find it. Yeah, but... It's... I... Like, there's mixed reviews, but I enjoyed it. I mean, it's an easy book, easy series to read, and just not, like, all very high fantasy, hard to get into. It's pretty good. So, give that one a go if, if it seemed interesting to you. And the last honorable mention is The Book Thief by... Let me see how to pronounce the name. Marcus Zuzak. This book, I'm sure everybody has heard it. I'm sure everybody has heard it. It's very popular and takes place in Nazi Germany, but the book is written by death. It's just really, really good. I don't want to say too much because I'm sure you know what it's about. The movie is also pretty good, too. Um, so... It's uh like a World War is it World War Two or World War One? Yeah. It's a it's a good book also think people would like it it's like a historical fiction and really um hurts your soul also there's a pattern going on here i love books that just make me depressed for months and months so those are my top 10 favorite books i would love to do more in-depth book reviews 
I should have started with my rereading of the inherited cycle. I'm already on the last book and I feel like, I don't know. I feel like if I did a review, I have to take a lot of notes, even though I tab, I tab, sticky tab those books like crazy because I, yeah, I love them. So maybe I should, maybe I can still do it. But I would love to do more book reviews and talk about books. I'm going to talk about plants, stories, fun stuff. Stick around. Uh, yeah, this was a very fun episode for me. You can probably tell how excited I am. And I'm going to have fun editing it because it's long. So thank you so much for coming and listening. If you made it all the way to the end, I really hope you pick up one of these books you do please let me know if you don't great you do you boo and thank you so much have a great day and yeah see you next time or listen to you next time wait i should find a good word for that and yeah thank you so much have a great day and goodbye